Hey guys, this is John and Austin, and this is the Meat Logistics Podcast. So um, let's get right to it because we've got something delicious in front of us. Let me give a, a quick background. Brett was getting rid of some steaks that had uh, some freezer bite to them, and he's like, "Hey, do you have anything you think you could do with this? So we'll figure out something." So I walked into Austin's office earlier today. I was like, "Hey, we don't really have a food item for today, but..." Why don't I grind up those uh, steaks and we'll mix in the Philly bratwurst seasoning and try them? So I've I did a batch earlier for social media. I have not tried it. Tried a little bit of the meat, but I did not try one of these. So you claim? I promise. But I'm pretty sure this is going to be amazing. The amount of fat that came out in the frying pan was absolutely ridiculous. All right. See how we can eat this without the microphone getting in the way too much. Mm-hmm. That's delicious. Home run. Now, would it would it be as good with a non ribeye? I think so. Yeah. But that is absolutely out of control. Good. Yeah, that's, to be honest, I don't know that I've ever ground up a steak to make something out of it, but that's good. Like, I wouldn't probably do that every time. I would probably just go get a lower quality cut and try it with that. Um, It'd probably be just about as good, but this is amazing. I've got a bunch of round steaks at home. That I now know what I'm doing with. Oh, yeah. Grinding those up for this. Huh. Now I'm wondering how it would be if we just used the Philly Bratwurst seasoning as a, a steak seasoning. That probably wouldn't be bad either. That'd be good. No. You're going to want to finish all that. Why not? No, you are going to. Oh, Okay. Because as soon as we're done with these, we're hopping on that scale. We're doing the weigh-in today for our weight loss challenge. Perhaps maybe we do a weight gain challenge instead. <laughs> uh, yeah, if we're if we're starting that, I'm gonna I'm gonna need all the help I can get here. Weigh as much as I can. I'm gonna that. Yep. I'm gonna chug two quarts of water real fast right. too. Whatever you got to do. I have a, a ridiculous amount of water in me at all times. So what I'll do is just dehydrate. Leading up to it. Oh, if, if that's legal, yeah. I'm, what are we going to do? Hydration tests somehow? I don't know, but I'm going to be on the verge of needing urgent oh, care. Oh, so will I. <laughs> Someone's going to have to help me stand up. Take that step right there. I'm going to need assistance. Hopefully my wife is not listening to this and she doesn't really find out about that because she won't be very happy about that. But Oh, just because it's not good for you necessarily? Yeah, but I mean... Lots of things aren't good for us. Do we want to say no dehydrating? Probably within reason. Okay. Like no sitting in a sauna for 24 hours beforehand, Just sweating out every ounce. Less water is fine, but yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good because I don't know if I could actually do that, to be honest. I mean, I've never had, like I was never a wrestler or a fighter, so I never had to lose weight for anything. I don't know if I could. It would be very hard. 
that would be like the hardest thing of the whole weight loss challenge is just the yeah the, that final way in trying to cut as much water weight as possible they need to find a um a way to cut that out of fighting like whatever your walk around weight is that's what you should be fighting at it'd be more just make more weight classes yeah i've heard people talk about that and to me that makes sense um i i used to watch a lot of mma fighting i don't watch near as well, much I mean, anymore but um i mean it's it's gotten intense over the years like there's been some like serious issues with with people cutting so much weight having issues with that or not being able to uh cut enough weight and then they're they're not the fight isn't quote unquote official, official. Yeah. um and I mean, just what that does, what that does to your body before you're getting into a ring to just get your face pounded right, in by somebody can't be good. Your brain slogged around the inside of your skull. Yeah. I can't stop eating this. I'm not going to. I'm sure people would rather I stop talking with half a mouthful <laughs> of food, but that's not going to happen. This is delicious. Mm. It's All right. very good. How was your Christmas? Not bad. Um, my son on Christmas Eve Eve ended up getting a double oh. ear infection. And uh, so we were at urgent care Christmas Eve trying to get uh, medicine and antibiotics. So uh, made a little interesting start to things, but he, he bounced back pretty quick. And uh, from there, everything, everything was good. In the future, if you need antibiotics, I've got plenty in my basement. <laughs> I do. It's amoxicillin. If I needed it, like severely, I'd consider it. But in this case, for my son, probably not going to chance it. He would have survived a couple days without antibiotics if you'd have had to. Yeah. Because mine's for fish. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to. I think it'll work. I think think it'll work. It might work, but I don't really want to play test subject with my son. I've got a lot of it, too. (laughs) Could have easily gotten him through this. How long is it good for? I think it said 12 months no so yeah not super you are long. right i probably bought that about six or seven months ago so i might as well just take it see if it wants to kill any infection in my body. <laughs> yeah might as well you're gonna create a super bug just see what it's like all right you want to hear something creepy yeah what do you got i was in your neighborhood last night oh yeah that's awkward <laughs> is there a house for sale are you moving in nope nope i uh first of all when i got home your son's truck had delivered. So had I had them, I was going to leave them on your uh, front porch and just leave. Um, but no, I went to your dad's house um, and your sister was there, your mom, and we watched Bloodlines. Sat down, just chilling together. What's Bloodlines? I was some show Allie was all excited about watching. Was she actually awake? Yeah. Oh, okay. Why? She's just, she's been sick on and off yeah. and like she gets towards the end of the day and she sometimes is just out of it but. no i have a i now have a new um beretta a300 semi-automatic shotgun so i'd been wanting to get rid of my over under mm. your dad heard that i was looking for one he's like hey i've got a bunch of them that i've never even fired so we did that cool so good i'm looking forward to using it we still need to pick a, do we pick a Thursday? It can't mm-hmm. be that one that Tex is coming for the 
uh, steak cook-off. So for anyone who doesn't know, uh, Tex and I are doing a steak cook-off on January 13th or 15th, whatever the Thursday is right around there. And uh, we're both going to get a steak or a selection of steaks that Austin is going to provide and we get to choose from it. Then we're going to cook them. Then I think it's Kurt, you, and I don't know if we've gotten your dad, somebody else to judge him. No, your dad will be hunting. Um, and we'll get somebody else to judge them. And then there finally will be a winner on the who's better, John or Tex cook-off. It's going to be interesting. Um, I know both of your... Use that. Yeah. You should try it on an actual steak first. See, see how it's going to compare. But I know your secret ingredient and recipe. I know Tex's secret ingredient and recipe. And... You both are doing some interesting things. I'll just say that. Okay. But. What's his MSG? No. Uh, although, if either of I you are MSG not putting well. MSG in it, you need to. I have MSG as well. <laughs> yeah. It's, to be honest, we probably, I might we might have to cook a control steak just to see how it compares. With nothing? Yeah. Blind test between the three. So you're talking about a little literal steak with no oh, salt, sorry. no pepper? No, no, no. Do just like uh, Walton's Ultimate on it. Oh, okay. Okay. And see, how, or is that, am I, am I pulling out my inner John and am I doing too many combinations <laughs> at one time? Yeah, we're terrible scientists. <laughs> Absolutely terrible scientists. Um, so yeah, we should probably keep it as simple as possible. Um, yeah. All right. Before we get to the weigh-in, one more thing. I want to start doing a YouTube of the month comment. The problem is I don't know how to get in touch with the people from YouTube. Like hmm. this, this user, I have no way of like messaging him or anything. So my thought is open to meet Gistics users. They have to put their meet Gistics name in it if they want to be considered. And then we'll choose the winner and read it on the monthly live stream. Yeah. That would work because yeah, I don't know how else you would. Can you can you private? You can't no, private message because that's on why YouTube? that user who has Walton's as their like handle, I can't get in touch with him. I tried subscribing to his channels from both Meatistics and Walton's YouTube, hoping he'd be like, "Huh, that's interesting," and try and get a message to us. But I have no way of reaching him. That's weird. Yeah, never thought about that before. But yeah, if the, people can include their Meatistics username, that would at least allow us. Yeah, to a way to tie back to him. Mm -hmm. So. A long time ago, Austin and I created a YouTube video that was uh, how to make chorizo. And we got this comment that Patrick was laughing so hard when he read it initially that I knew it was just awesome. But it said something like, if I wanted a recipe on how to make bland mayonnaise, I'd ask you two white boys. But for chorizo, I think I'll stick with Hispanics or something to that. It's not perfect. I laughed incredibly hard. I still talk about it five years later. I mean, we had to block it, but, you know, or not block it, but remove that comment. But it was very, very funny. That has always been my favorite comment and probably still is. But Tex 4x4, which isn't Tex because it has a picture, um, says, John, this is one of the most informative and entertaining episodes yet. This is so much more helpful than reading a description. Brett is internet gold. His constant grimace followed by positive to mediocre opinions with the occasional PC negative is priceless. 
The Grimace precedes all opinions. Please move the microphones away from Austin. Why does he insist on shoving an entire slice in his mouth every time? This action is directly followed by horrible salivating and chewing. Thank the good Lord I'm not on a cliff. He is also clearly has COVID because he can't smell and can only taste salt. So we have one brother that can't, sorry, I didn't hit the read more, taste and one that can't smell. Great vid. Let's do snack sticks and after the cheese percentage video. So both of those are somewhat in the works. We are doing. Uh, Why didn't you get a slam in there? I got, he said something about me first, but it just wasn't anything good or bad. <laughs> it was just, hey, John. Um, so we're doing the what percentage of cheese is too much in summer sausage. And then we are working on accumulating um, one of every snack stick seasoning. Here's the problem with that is by the time I get to the end, the new one or like the old ones are going to be probably a few months old and frozen. So they're not going to be quite as fresh and good. Yeah, it's fine. As long as they're as long as we're talking months and it's not like a year and a half later. Or like two and a half years later when we found those ones we brought to the first Pheasant Fest we went to. Yeah, (laughs) they were just a block frozen together it'll it also help too if when we're when we're ready to eat them if we don't like try to like rapid dethaw them if you do a slower cycle sure. it should help it recover from being frozen yeah at least that's my thought no that's probably true probably fair um okay that is everything i have that is pre-weigh-in who wants to go first i'll go first okay so are we are we publicly announcing oh, these? <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. So mine's not gonna be good, right? Shoes on, everything on. Just leave everything on, right? Okay. I'm holding the um, up. Now because Well, you can't you can't turn it on and calibrate it when you're holding it. It's gotta be like on the ground. Sorry. I, I was wondering if we had to change it between because this has two modes. It has 150 mode and 300 mode. Well, you, you won't you won't work on the that's 150 mode, right? Yeah, I was, <laughs> it's like we're gonna be over 150, both of us. Okay, here we go. We're gonna tear it. We're at zero pounds here. I'm guessing. Oh god, this is so bad. I I promised myself when I got under 200 pounds that I'd never go back over it. I'm guessing I'm 213. You're, you're if you are, you're a lot closer to me than I thought you would be because okay. I'm definitely gonna be more than you. Let's do it. It's still counting and climbing. It's still going. No, it's not. It's stopped. <laughs> Are we calling that 210? 209.9? Yeah, whatever. Whatever you, yeah. All right, that was 209.9. Not good. Not good. Uh oh. Yep. Things are. Our set's falling apart. Our pets' heads are falling off. Trying to put that back on. Austin, is that, were you trying to add more to it or get it off? Just making sure it's, yeah. All right, Austin is 220 even. So we are only 10 pounds apart. That's not that bad. That's actually better than I was expecting. I figured I'd be a few pounds over 220 because I was like, I was like two, like 14 before the holiday season started. So I've only put on like six pounds over that, the past yeah, like month. Yeah, that's probably what happens. Um, but so what is the the length of time we want to do this do you want to do it a month from today today is the 28th 
that would put us on the first podcast of February, February 1st. That would probably be good. Okay. So that is February 1st. We have all of January to try to lose weight. Now. How, how hard do you party for New Year's Eve? I won't party that hard. Darn. Sorry. I say I'm not going to be partying. Yeah. So no. let's see if I. Uh, no, I'll have a few drinks, but I certainly won't. Um, go oh, overboard. I definitely should have wait. We should have waited till next week because I forgot my older brother and younger sister are coming to uh-huh, town. Good so luck. we're doing Christmas and New Year's yes. <laughs> with the family this weekend. So that's yeah. not going to be good. Use it to slingshot yourself. Just carb cycle until then. Eat a bunch and then cut them. We'll see. That'll help. But uh, all right. Here's the uh, the loser. Have you heard of the one chip challenge? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's what the loser gets. Has to eat one of those chips, and then there's a rating on like how long you can go without drinking or eating anything. And you're free to either like back out immediately, or not back out, but eat or drink something immediately, or see how long you can go. But it's like zero to five minutes. It says something like you're powerless, five to 10, you're something, 10 or more, you're powerful. If you can wait five minutes, in my mind, you could just wait it out. I don't know. I've seen people wait five minutes and it seems like they're still in a lot of pain. Yeah. I refuse to lose this because I'm not doing that. There you go. I'm not doing that. There you that. go. So... um, yeah, I don't know if choosing something that you hate so much was a good idea. Probably should have chosen something that you wouldn't have mind or minded so that you wouldn't try as hard. Hmm. Have you ever done anything like that? The one chip challenge? I mean, I've eaten like super hot wings, like things that they say are, you know, dangerously hot. Um, and I don't react well to it. So whenever we do this, it'll be a podcast where we finish and then go home so that the loser can go home and try to take care of their stomach. Cause I'm sure it's not good. I don't know what 2.2 million Scoville units. <laughs> a jalapeno is 8,000. A habanero is 350,000. Habanero is pretty hot. I think we should eat something hot, but not that hot. No, it has, it's that. What are you, all right. What are you thinking? I once ate a habanero that a guy left on my, a keyboard in Texas. And that was really uncomfortable. Like I did not do well with it. I sweat a lot. And I think I eventually had to drink some milk. I, yeah, I ate a pepper like that one time. I thought I was, I thought I was eating a, I don't even know what it was, but I thought I was eating a pepper that was like going to be like sweet to jalapeno. Okay. And then it ended up being something not that fancy. Yeah. And it, it like about killed me. It was not good. <laughs> All right. Well, if you can somehow talk me out of that in between now and then, it, it's open to being changed. But as of right now, that is the the thing. I think what what will happen is we'll see a bunch of people on Meatistics say, "No, this is what you guys have to do." Is is there is there just like one chip that does it, or there there's like a couple multiple? of different ones? Yeah, there's a couple of different ones. There's like the blue coffin one. There's a, a few other ones. Um, if you want to select that, that's fine. If, if I was the one to do it, um, 
I'm going to do a couple different things. I'm going to get, uh, have you ever seen those like ginormous tubs of sour cream? They're like that big around and like a foot tall. You're just going to. I'm going to dip the whole chip no, in that to no, start. No, no, no. Chip has to go in <laughs> un- unalterated. Unadulterated? No, I don't know. Without messing with it. Yeah. I don't know. I'm going to find like a hack to it. I'm going to like eat like two pounds of bacon beforehand to coat my mouth with grease. So I wondered about that. If that like like that. what if you ate a bunch of Tums first? Would that help? Ooh. Right? I would imagine it would help. Maybe. It's not going to help your mouth and your throat, but I, I can deal with that. My date, like the actual, not danger, but where I could get really uncomfortable is how it feels in my stomach. No, oh, it, I, yeah, I don't do. Yeah. If you throw that up and that gets up in your nose, forget it. You're in for agony. That's going to be bad. Yeah. You have to take me to the hospital and intubate me. I wouldn't survive. <laughs> Put him under. Put him under. Damn, yeah. That's not going to be good. Not, not great. I'll say that. All right. So uh, we have a live stream tomorrow, but it's not worth talking about because it will be yesterday when people are listening to this. Are we doing a live stream? Or are you doing a live stream? Are you not involved? Tomorrow is Tomorrow. the New Year's yes. Eve. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Okay. Okay. I was going to say, did you back out? I don't remember what day it is, okay. obviously. Um, I've got an uh, email going out tonight and then social media posts and an email going out tomorrow with a schedule. Uh, I just did something every 30 minutes and I made the gift certificates a little bit. Just 25, 25, and 50. Um, we're also going to draw, well, we will have drawn the winner of the chambered vaccine. So again, this isn't really worth talking about on a podcast that's coming out after the live stream. I don't know why I keep doing it. Yeah. All right. Moving on then. Um, all right. This one isn't really part of meat matters, but it kind of is. Um, I can't click on the article from my laptop apparently, even though I can get to it from my desktop. So that's great. Don't know why I'm having two different allowances. Um, but the article is, uh, the battle to call plant-based bacon and sausages meat from business insider. So I have a, a couple of excerpts from it. It says three wiener dogs dressed up as hot dogs stood outside the UK parliament. That could be the start of a bad joke, but to the man who took the dachshunds there or dachshunds there, it was utterly serious. Warren Toft Beck, it's a kind of ridiculous name. The founder of a startup that makes plant-based meats and alternatives brought the animals in protest. It was 2020. The European Parliament was voting on a ban against use of meat-related words like sausage, bacon, burger, chicken, and steak in the names of plant-based foods. If the bans had passed, plant-based sausages would have needed a different name, perhaps plant-based tubes. That sounds reasonable to me. Vegetable burgers? I don't know why I said vegetable that way. Oh, God, I can't say it normal now. Vegetable. No. What's going on? Veget, veg, I can't say it. Oh, no. Vegetable. Vegetable. There you go. Vegetable burgers might have to be renamed discs and plant-based bacon veggie strips. It was a serious threat to companies like Toff's Beck UK company, Meatless Farms, which makes mince burgers and chicken. Why is chicken the only one in quotations there? Burgers should be in quotation there too. Mm-hmm. Out of pea, soya, and rice proteins. Um, so he put miniature placards next to the dog saying, what will you call us? And I'm not a tube dog, pointing out that dachshunds, known in the UK as sausage dogs, and here hot dogs, uh, get to use the meat-evoking word sausage in their name. So why couldn't plant-based meat substitutes do the same? This is the dumbest argument I've ever heard in my entire 
entire life. Literally, that is the stupidest argument I've ever heard. Why can't we call this thing I've made up and want to sell to people as a replacement for something else that has value? Comparing that to why can't I, or my dog is able to be called the same as that. Yeah. That's absolutely, it's, it's in bad faith. It's stupid. And I'm glad we broke away from the UK a long time ago. These <laughs> yeah. people are not serious people. You can call what you can call whatever you want, whatever name you want. But when it comes to the marketing aspect of it, there's too many other rules and regulations. Um, and that, I mean, that's my quote unquote beef with yeah. it is that, uh, there, there's, there's tons of rules and regulations, what you can already call existing meat products. And it seems like the plant-based substitutes don't have to follow the same rule set that meat companies have to follow when they're naming their products. Oh yeah. No, it's clearly, they don't have to. They're it's kind of loosey goosey at the moment. Now, later in the article, it says it's not clear which side is winning. Texas lawmakers are considering a ban while Louisiana struck down a law limiting the use of certain meat terms in March. South Africa outlawed the use of meaty names and its government even planned to seize some artificial meat from store shelves until a last minute court order paused uh, the law from being implement implemented. Um, so Texas good, Louisiana bad. I don't <clears throat> really know too much about Louisiana, Louisiana except for the Cajun and that's where Jerry, no eyes processor is. So generally I don't think of them as, although I, gumbo and all that, they love their vegetables. So they're yeah. probably more on board with something like that. Yeah, I don't know. Whole thing is ridiculous, though. They shouldn't be able to use the term sausage. I agree. Okay. Moving into uh, meat matters. First, I have a section of meat matters that's called the good news. <laughs> this doesn't even necessarily need to be meat related. It's just there's so many dark stories out there right now. Do you have good and bad or do you have good? I just have good and then just meat matters. Oh. Yeah. So when we had like the good, bad, and the ugly. Uh, most of, well, some of them are pretty bad. All right. So first one is pilot adopts a puppy that was abandoned by owner at San Francisco airport. Now that's a, that headlines a little misleading. It's not like the person just let their dog go. They were trying to bring it in from uh, China and it didn't have some paperwork that they were demanding. So they're like, well, we're going to send it back. So the guy's like, well, I, I don't know what to do. So he was like, all right, I guess it's yours now. It's not like he got there and he was like, oh, I'm leaving this here. You took his dog away from him. So some pilot was able to uh, have it quarantined for four months and then was able to adopt it. It's a cute dog. But anyways, just a good story. Interesting. Um, hunters for the hungry keep food pantries and meat supply up. So this is uh, hunters in Kentucky willing to donate meat to the hungry. Um, I found this particularly interesting because it was from Yahoo, who is not famously on the side of hunters or meat processors in most of their articles. Uh, more than 2,500 pounds of meat has been donated for the through the program through mid-December. Now, I think a lot of this is people just want to kill a deer, but don't want to deal with having to process the deer. So I think they're just like, eh, you take it. Maybe. Yeah. One would hope that it's people that are doing it. Yeah. For what I'd call the quote unquote right reasons, but right. at least still, if, if that's their reason, they're at least doing something good rather than just shooting an animal and letting it 
lie there and decay on its oh, own. Oh, yeah, yeah. Anything you do with it is better than that. Um, but the feedback we get from Mr. Carroll, uh, the person who's running it, from God's House of Hope, is always appreciation from the people who are receiving the benefit of the donations. <laughs> they always look forward to picking up the deer this time of the year and fulfilling a family's needs. Awesome. I would say that maybe we get those people to learn how to hunt so that they could do it themselves, but still, still a good thing. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, this is from uh, Meat and Poultry. Uh, Jeff Tech receives a million dollars for meat training program. Uh, so the state of Pennsylvania is granting Jefferson County Dubois area vocational training school, long name. Uh, $1 million for a meat training program. The funding comes from the Redevelopment Assistance Capital Program, which funded three projects in Pennsylvania. So basically, they are trying to get people who would normally have a low to no skill uh, job, teach them a trade, which is absolutely genius. That's what we should have been doing even when I was in high school. They should have taken one look at me and been like, why do you want to go to school? I said, <laughs> to party. They go, no, do this instead. You can still party. You're just not going to be $80,000 in debt. Yeah. So much well, better idea. Yeah. If you go to school and you're $80,000 in debt, I, mean, I was not $80,000. You, you already made a poor choice in something. Cause you can go through college without doing that. Unless, unless you want, like my wife went to a fairly expensive school, but she was getting a chemical engineering degree, like value. Like if you want to be an engineer, a doctor, an architect, a lawyer, those definitely need schooling. If you yeah. want to be a computer programmer, go program. That's going to be better than what they're going to teach you in school anyways. Yeah, to some extent. Well, I mean, you're going to get the stuff you want without all the other stuff you don't want. Like I went to school right or I was in college right around the time that this like serious bias switch came in. I remember arguing in a class so much that the teacher actually with her teacher's aid, I still get mad thinking about this, <laughs> held me behind. They're like, we think maybe this class isn't right for you. I'm like, oh, good. I'm like, I don't have to come anymore. I'm like, well, I just get a passing. And she's like, oh no, you'll have to take it again next semester. And I just like the level of defeat that came over me at that point, And I just gave up. I was like, no, I'll never talk in your class again. I'm like, whatever. It's terrible. All right. Now on to, uh, the meat matters portion. Uh, too much nitrite, too much nitrite cured meat brings clear risk of cancer, says scientists. Now, this is in The Guardian. First of all, for those of you who are not familiar with The Guardian, take everything they say with a large grain, uh, with an Austin serving size of salt, <laughs> large amount. Um, it says, among those who conducted, conducted the research trial in which mice were fed a diet of 15% nitrite containing processed meat, was Professor Chris Elliott, OBE, who led the government's investigation into the horse meat scandal in 2013. Who's eating 15% of your diet as bacon or ham? It's a pretty high percentage it's a of, yeah. Unreasonable amount. Yeah. Like, there is not somebody out there who's eating 15% of their diet as cured meat. The only way I could see that is, I mean, if somebody's, I mean, they're eating large quantities of bacon for breakfast eating smoked and cured ham for lunch and goodness what are you eating for dinner uh your snacks are going to be summer sausage snack sticks and jerky and somehow for dinner you're still going to have to have something in there that's got a how often do you think somebody's eating all three meals cured meat not often yeah less than a tenth of one percent 
Yeah. Yeah. It's not much. It's nothing. Mm. It's absolutely nothing. Um, also, I spent a good amount of time looking for this because on my phone this weekend, I saw an article from the New York Times that said um, the reason the public is losing trust in health officials is because they keep pushing things like eating too much re red meat causes cancer with limited to no actual science to back it up. And I was like, oh, that's perfect. I'm like, we're going to talk about that. I spent a good 30 minutes looking for it this morning. Nowhere. Hmm. They axed that article in two days. Ridiculous. Crazy. Um, but Elliot, who's among a group of scientists, MPs, and peers who are urging UK ministers to ban the use of chemicals in processed meat, added, the European Food Safety Authority and the French government are following the facts. It's the time the UK government did too. All right. So let's say this happens, right? Let's say the whole UK decides no more nitrite in meat. What happens? It's going to make meat so much harder to get, which is exactly what they've been wanting for the last 15 years. This is just a new vector of attack. Yeah. If you take out bacon, hams, well, there go hogs, right? Those are the two ways that you preserve a hog for long term. So all of a sudden, hog market is nothing if you can't have those two things because how, what are you going to do with a ham if you can't cure it? What are you going to do with the belly? You're going to do nothing with those two huge. Well, I mean, you do something with the, uh, with the hams, but with the belly, you're going to do nothing. And that is a huge moneymaker out of hog. So yeah. that industry has gone. I wonder, yeah. Are they, are they more concerned and looking through stuff? I would think that they're from 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 how they word it and talk about it. I'm su I assume they're more concerned about just the nitrites and nitrates than the actual meat. It's just that portion to it. And if that's the argument, do you have to start cutting out like certain vegetables and stuff that are high in nitrates? That's a great question. It's like where, wh if you were to do that, where does the line get drawn? Because that's, I mean, that's the new trend right now anyways in the meat industry is to take out sure cure, take out your nitrites and nitrates and put in some sort of vegetable juice powder, which just, it's still contains it, but then you don't have to say that it does. Right. It's still putting the same thing in it without labeling it as such. Yep. Going back to my complaints about how, uh, the meat industry is required to label things. And if the plant-based protein industry can skirt around that because they're not technically meat, um, wonder if that will come into play in that portion at all. Like where, what, what about vegetables is basically the, the, right. the short answer there. I want every bundle of celery to have to list contains nitrites, nitrates, mm -hmm. nitrates. nitrates in it. Yeah. yeah. I want every bundle of celery to do that. Who can I petition that to? You can start a whitehouse.gov petition, get a hundred thousand signatures. We get about 20,000 from our meat logistics members. <laughs> I'll make it a, a entry on the giveaways. <laughs> Go sign this petition to make them label vegetables as possibly dangerous. It would be interesting. First of all, did we talk about like hooves versus chemicals? Huh? I don't know how far we want to go down this rabbit hole, but like, if you want to look at why I'm more inclined to eat, because I really don't eat much vegetables, like really don't. Carrots 
apples of fruit, obviously, um, some spinach here and there, and some celery. Right, those are like the fourth and cucumbers. Not as much now, but when there was the sea salt and vinegar, that yeah. was insane. Um, so a chemical, and they've proven proved this before, can, changes its chemical makeup. Right, so they've played the the sound of caterpillars eating leaves, and trees will change their chemical makeup so that they are less appetizing to that caterpillar. Even though there's no caterpillar there, they feel the sound, hear the sound, however they do it, and change their chemical makeup. So when you're picking a vegetable, why are we thinking that nothing like that is happening? Right, An animal that has hooves, horns, claws, something like that, that's its defense. A chemical change it would be the vegetable or fruit's defense. Yeah. I don't know. Telling you, vegetables are bad for you, even though they're even beyond them being a hard word to say sometimes. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It'd be it makes sense though, right? It'd be yeah. It'd be interesting to find out more about that. Nah, don't look more into it. Just accept what I say. <laughs> All right. But back on the, the one note page, just a quick, like, you know, I'm not just saying things about the guardian. Here are two other articles from the guardian today. I'll stop saying I don't eat meat and tell people I don't eat animals. <laughs> Shut up. I mean, how annoying is that? And then climate impact labels could help people eat less red meat. Again. And that's just going to be another thing that drives me nuts about labeling requirements in the meat industry if that happens. Because if you do that, you have to do that on everything. Not just meat. No, it no, have no. to be everything. Uh -uh. No, no, no. We'll get to something like that later too. But they specifically just want you to eat less meat. They don't I know. care about any environmental things. Yeah. But sometimes when you're fighting stuff like that, you can't always win the entire war. But if they're going to, if, if it's going to get pushed through. So you want to spread the pain. Spread the pain. Yeah. That make everybody hate them. Mm -hmm. Because yeah, it'll ultimately make everyone. That's fair. Mad against them. If that's what they want to push through. I think if you are part of any organization that's going to push any type of climatology change, anything like that, you should have to list everybody in your C-suite and investors that own oceanfront property, <laughs> right? Like yeah. you've been telling me the ocean is rising or the levels are rising and everything is going to be underwater for 30 years now, yet you still buy river, or oceanfront property. And beyond that, <laughs> banks still invest in condos and whatever right on the ocean. It would be in a prospectus somewhere saying, hey, uh-oh, in 15 years, we think this is going to be underwater. But they don't actually think that. Yeah. They just want to control what we do. Yeah, do as we say, not as we do. Absolutely. Um, so this is uh, the world's biggest cultured meat factory is under construction in the U.S. Despite the fact that consumers have never tasted it and it's only legal in Singapore, cultured meat is on a roll. Its production cost is dropping. Multiple companies have entered the space and the FDA recently granted its first approval to be one of them. Last week, the industry hit another milestone as an Israeli company broke ground on what it says will be the biggest cultured meat in the world. And awesome, it's going to be in the U.S. Um, the first approval is uh, Upside Foods, uh, but true to its name, Believer Meats hasn't been deterred by its slower than anticipated series of events. Last week, the company started construction on a 200,000 square foot factory in Wilson, North Carolina, about 45 miles from Raleigh. 
I can't, I, I'm, I don't know. I, I actually go back and forth on this. I don't think I care as much as I did initially, but it's going to fail because they're not, I, I talked to a bunch of people about this recently. You have two things right next to them. One is cell-based meat and one is grown from a cow. They are equal in every way. Which one are you choosing? Everyone said they're taking the cow. Now, are there people out there who will take the cell-based meat because they think it's more ethical or better for the environment? Sure. It's not, but they'll do, you know, they'll at least trick themselves into it for a while. But then we're going to see the same thing that's happening with all these plant-based meat. It'll all come crumbling down because it's not going to be the same. Yeah. That's an interesting one. Cause at first and on like my first thought about it is, eh, I don't, I don't care. I'll eat whichever one, whichever one is going to taste better or be cheaper. Um, right. but on the other, one of those advantages. Yeah. Which but it on, won't. on the other hand, I also just be, if it was cheaper, which it's, I mean, it's not now it's going to be a while before it is. If it was cheaper still would make me leery. Like I want to know, exactly how they're doing it. Cause it just, it's, I mean, it's unnatural. They're still somehow coming up with a natural product and unnatural means how they're getting there. Yeah. Is that going to be okay? Like, is that going to uh, be something that causes cancer and tons of people in 20 years? Um, I don't know. I, I'm a little skeptical from that side of things, but if it's safe, like, eh, I don't know that I care which way I'd go. I, I would probably s still heavily lean towards, actually eating a cow or a pig or something like that just because I'm supporting uh, more than likely a small and local business, uh, a rancher and a farmer and a meat processing plant instead of a giant company that is just making it yeah. there. I, I feel like the economical support for my personal preference is going to be better suited still with uh, live animals and live slaughter there. But at the end of the day, I, I don't think I'll have an issue eating either one or the other. Yeah, I think in the long term, what will happen is you'll start hearing people talk about power input on this because right now it is far better. Like the amount of energy it's taking to create this meat far outstrips what you're getting out of it. Um, and that was always the thing that you would hear with electric cars. Like people are, oh, I'm, I care about the environment. It's like that's actually worse for the environment. Like, do you know everything that goes into making that? And then this terrible podcast just came out on Joe Rogan talking about the cobalt mining that mm -hmm. is like truly just unbelievably heartbreaking, like child slavery going on and all of the EV companies know about it. They just basically ignore it. So we'll, we'll find out it's the same thing here. Like, oh no, way worse for the environment, but we're going to push it because we think it can make us and our friends a lot of money. Anything else you want to talk about with that one? No. Nope. Uh, this is from Salon, which would probably be the third time we've ever referenced that website in uh, on the podcast. But it says, our love affair with fake meat just couldn't last. Um, but while the neg negative publicity is never good for business, it's unlikely that concerns over food safety have been translating to con consumer trends. After all, 
If revelations about processing conditions really impacted buying habits, who would ever eat factory farm meat again? A recent Purdue study found that even when the participants were given informational nudges concerning possible environmental and health impacts of meat production, they were still not able to change preferences towards plant-based meat and substitutes. I'm so proud of whoever <laughs> answered those surveys. Like, no, this one tastes way better than that one. I don't care. Um, that just, I loved that. Yeah. The side-by-side -side taste is just, it's not even, it's not even close. Oh, it's not even in the same category. Yeah. That's where the previous article about cultured meat, that's where they're, in my mind, going to have a huge leg up is they're going to be able to have something that tastes like meat and maybe doesn't have some of the side effects that they are worried and concerned about sure. with live animals but yeah, that that part and debate aside you at least have something that tastes the same but some of the some of the plant-based stuff we've had doesn't taste horrible no. some of it is some of it's some god of it's, awful yeah some of those, it's really bad uh, steak tips were some of the yeah ter that and the jerky those the were the worst things we've tasted yeah. by far but so, some some of it's bad some of it's okay it's fine but none of it is as good none of it's as good Something, there's one thing I think I've brought up a bunch of times, but the grillers crumbles from morning stars. They're not as good. They're just diff. They're like okay. good in a different way. We're going to have to try this because you keep talking about okay. it. I still have, I've never tried them. Point. Make, I have to make a burrito out of them though. It's like, don't worry about it. That's good. <laughs> All right. It's from the same article. And then there's the boredom factor. How's that Instapot you just had to have in 2018 working out these days? Sarah Bachman, creator of Sarah's Veggie Kitchen says, when these new plant-based meats were first introduced, the curiosity that it sparked caused the products to become popular but over time the novelty is worn off there's a time and place for meat substitutes like your local burger joint but at home i would much prefer cooking with lentils beans mushrooms or another meat replacement or you know just cook with meat the thing you're trying to recreate is available you mm -hmm. can just eat that yeah and again I want to shove down their faces like you're not being more ethical by eating these. You're killing more animals. Did you do you watch um what's it? Yellowstone? No, no. So your father made this argument long time ago on this podcast. He said, uh, people who think that they're killing less animals doing this don't understand there's a reason that crows and vultures follow combines. Because it kills everything. Like when you're harvesting, it kills all of those. The voles, the snakes, the mice, the rabbits, deer, those all get killed. But they don't want to like acknowledge that. So in the show, he's uh, Kevin Costner is obviously confronting some protester. And he's like, he says that. And he's like, so the only question really is, is how cute does an animal have to be before you care about it? I was like, that's perfect uh -huh. so i liked hearing that thought process be brought up again yeah made me happy all right uh this is an article from forbes uh so climate change isn't the only environmental issue the meat industry wants you to think it is um we're not going to spend too much time on this so don't don't worry about it but he says in there that the meat industry creates a literal tons or literal tons of waste every year. There's not any industry in the United States that doesn't create literal tons of waste every year. Mm -hmm. Like, unless you're talking about something where there's like two 
businesses in the country that do it and they're small. Other than that, a ton is not that much. A ton is 2,000 pounds. Every place creates tons of waste. We have tons, tons. of waste that comes tons just of out waste. of yep. our facility. I mean, nothing that's like super horrible, but we've got three dumpsters in the back. Three, I don't know, three dumpsters and three cardboard dumpsters. Oh, six. Oh, yeah. Three and three. Three and sorry, three. Sorry, yeah. sorry. Yep. And we fill them up every week. Yep. It's yep. just, it's, yeah, it's how the world works. Um, they also talk about CO2 levels in the article. And uh, if you want to go on the higher end, 14.5% of emissions from the agricultural industry, 16.2% um, of that, and this is from worlddata.org, are from transporting goods. So I'll guarantee you this author doesn't live somewhere where he's getting avocados from his backyard. <laughs> he probably lives in New York and they're probably being shipped in from either Mexico, which, hey, you know, the drug cartels own that trade now, right? So you're supporting human trafficking, you're sp supporting drug culture, and you're just as bad, if not worse, for the environment. Every Everything that, that, that requires transportation is all going to have the same effect there. I mean, it, you... It, anymore everything is global everything is sh shipped here there all over the place um you can't you almost can't even use transportation in the argument there because it everything requires mass transportation not everything i can go out and get a deer okay something that you're buying um you're going and procuring that yourself but if it's a product you're buying from the grocery store yeah there was mass transport sure. involved in that yep um, but it's just, I'm sick of these people wanting to control what I eat. Like I no longer take them seriously and I mock them whenever I can. Like, what is it? Tyranny can't stand mockery. Right. I believe that's Never the heard same. that one. Yeah. But, so yeah. they're trying to control well, really anything about my life. I'm not going to let them control, but specifically what I eat. Specifically your steak. Will be my choice. <laughs> um, all right. Now, this is a little bit of a, a different section for us, but um, I was looking up the negative health effects of pea protein or negative uh, benefit, the downside of pea protein, <laughs> right? Didn't, couldn't figure out a good way to say that because there are. I searched, like you can't believe one day last week and there is nothing that comes up. People have gotten so good at using SEO, which is search engine optimization, which is basically creating articles out there and formatting them in the correct way, using the correct words, uh, the correct coding, so that Google, Bing, Brave, unfortunately now, all of them will just load up your results with just what they want you to see. You can search for the negative side effects of, you know, pea protein or XYZ, like I did, and all that will come up are positive. Or it'll be something like, are there negative side effects? Experts say no. It's absolutely ridiculous. So um, I did a Google search for simply the word meat and news, and that was it. CNN, or sorry, Google, CNN, lab-grown meat could be served as dinner soon. Raw meat sandwiches? Wisconsin residents warned against dangerous holiday tradition. Uh, what are the meat sweats? Another one for the raw meat sandwiches. Financial Times, cultivated meat startups race to add products to menu. 
Mom slammed, Yahoo, mom slammed for controversial parenting style. No doctors, no school. I like those first two. No meat. She should be arrested and have her kids <laughs> taken away from her. No, I'm kidding. Obviously. Uh, our love with fake meat couldn't last. Another one about uh, the mom. Then we don't have to grow a whole animal from CNN. And then health news. New study rates dangers of smoking red meat eating. Okay. That was Google. They were all negative. Now, we're not going to go through DuckDuckGo and Brave Search, but you're free to go through them. Are there any positive ones in there? No. There are not. There's not a single positive article about one of the biggest industries in the United States. On the top 10 results for three of the biggest search engines. Yeah, there's just, I mean, there's a lot of push against the meat industry that because people don't like either as it as a whole or bits and pieces to it. And so there, yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of push to always, uh, show it through a, a bad filter. Drives me nuts. You know what? Since Christmas Eve, I haven't listened to a single political podcast and I actually was feeling like better. I know you kind of cut that out because it was just annoying you too much. Maybe that's probably why I'm so fired up right now because I haven't gotten to partake in the rage at all. Yeah. I mostly, we'll see. Once once sports season dies down, I'll get back more into the news cycles. But um, I mean, with football still going on coming up on the yeah. end here um college football specifically and college basketball kicking off now i'm gonna oh no you don't care because notre dame sucks it's not just uh, that i just don't like basketball anymore okay but till yeah march madness is over i'll be pretty absorbed into college sports but once once that's over so april may june july i get about four months where i get back into new cycles on things and then it's start getting ready for college football season again. Yeah. Well, just cut that out. Don't, I don't think it's, I don't think it's healthy for us anymore. Like listening to that stuff all the time. It just makes me mad. Like college sports. No, no, no. no. College sports is great. And I said, you said those oh. four months. I was like, just oh, cut okay. that out. Well, there's just, I'd, I have to fill, fill my time with something. Uh, there's all sorts of good audiobooks. Yeah, that requires a much longer attention span. That, that's true. I don't have a good that's attention true. span. Yeah, that's true. You could uh, read audio, listen to audiobooks of books you've already read. I do that. That that's, would require me to have read books. No, that's not good. Yes. And I don't really read we should get you books either. I used to read more, but lately I just, yeah. It's a great way to fall asleep. Nah, that's what I scroll. TikTok, no, YouTube, Twitter. No, no, no. Don't uh, do that. Yeah. Don't do that. All right, next one. Hold uh, on, real, real quick. Oh, sorry. So, uh, uh, little trick: if you if you're looking for something in a search engine, specifically meat related, and you're getting not the results that you want, put part of your search in quotations. Yeah. Because then that that means you whatever's in quotations, you we'll want that exactly exact that. Uh, phrasing. Okay. So if you uh, yeah are looking for the benefits of X Y Z meat, this and that, and you're not getting anything, but you know something's out there, um, put put a part of that in quotes. So the search results have to have that phrase in there. Oh, there you go. Why did I not do that? Oh no, but here it is. Uh, four P protein dangers. Should you be worried? What do you want to bet? The answers are going to be no. <laughs> what do you want to bet? We're going to click on it. Good job. Austin. Oh no, I'm going to get blocked. I'm blocked. 
You see the ring of death up there. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll, we'll do that on another time. Um, from this next article, uh, again, we're not going to go into it at all, but it's publisher's platform, a little uh, food safety fiction, sort of, from Food Safety News. It's this long story about this guy whose father built up a small restaurant into 10 different restaurants. He then died and his son took over. Everything's going fine. And then he made a switch from buying local um, romaine lettuce that his guys would then wash and at, use as part of their signature um, Caesar salad to buying triple washed bag romaine lettuce. And within a few days, there was a nationwide E. coli outbreak. They traced it back to that romaine lettuce. And a few of his the cases were from his thing. And two of his customers died. All restaurants closed down. That sucks. I took away from it. Don't eat veggies. <laughs> That's what I took away from it. Yeah. Uh, my my opinion on, on it is always just it, eating vegetables is just as dangerous as, as eating meat. People get scared about eating meat products and you have the same risk. Yeah. And I don't let either way bother me. The only thing, like, because Dylan talks about it and sprouts. sprouts. Never eat sprouts. Don't, I don't yep. want to eat sprouts. But anything else? So real else? quick, for anyone who doesn't know, sprouts were the constant cause of the E. coli outbreaks at, uh, what's the, was it the Chipotle? Chipotle? Yeah. Okay. So that was, I think they traced every one of those or like nine out of the 10 back to sprouts. Yeah. So you just don't get sprouts. But for most vegetables, I'm like, eh, whatever, you're chancing it. You're chancing, you're chancing you're going to get sick every time you eat any type of food because it could be something that's, that's cooked and ready to eat that was then uh, a deli meat that was sliced on a slicer that was unclean, yeah. wasn't properly sanitized and you get sick from that. So you go to a restaurant, who knows what, what their cooking practices are and their handling practices are. You get sick from eating at a restaurant, even a, a nice fancy restaurant in town. Yep. It doesn't really matter. The only way that you know that you're good is you cook everything yourself at home. And most people don't, they want to cook everything. There's certain things you eat raw. It's just, how it is and then that would require you to actually cook everything and i that's not up my alley yeah so no. i You're not a big cook too many times well i don't know i guess i'd take that back i could still cook as long as it was like a frozen meal frozen pizza throw it in there but other than <laughs> that's that not good, no man. too well, much mean, preparation for me you're all gonna die someday so why not make it sooner than later not me but you all <laughs> you're all, all right real quick because we talked about uh gut health last week there's this article on eight sneaky signs of poor gut health um, the symptoms were more irritable than usual, tired all the time, head hurts, constipated or bloated, bad breath, regular bathroom times, uh, new food sensitivities and skin acting up. Now, skin acting up is actually a big one for me. I know I've talked about it before on the podcast, but if I eat too much sugar, I get dry skin on the sides of my nose really? or I hear it's weird, but that's like, if I see that, I'm like, all right, no sugar for a while and that'll fix it. Um, but here are some things on what you should do. You should eat uh, more fiber from legumes. No, thank you. I'm not a legume fan. Um, fruits, veggies, and whole grains. Less processed, high sugar, or greasy fried foods. I agree with one of those two things. I'm not giving up. I've been on a huge buffalo wing kick. Oh. I'm going to uh, wings and things. Wings and rings. Wings and rings. Yeah. And getting their buffalo sauce with uh, an extra thing of blue cheese and just going to town. Try try their uh, cauliflower 
wings. Have you tried those? If we had something I could knock over in anger right now, I would. <laughs> it, it still what gets are you, you doing? It's if if you don't like if you because it's like three hundred calories for the thing, or it's like twelve hundred calories for the chicken wings. So if you want the same type of flavor yeah. and you don't want all the calories, right. then do that. Now it's like plant based. A plant-based burger versus a, a real burger. Yeah. Not going to taste exactly the same. The seasoning in there is the no, same, just, so you get something similar, but... I'll take the hit to get the, okay. the real thing. Um, like plenty of fluids and seven hours at least of sleep a night. So I've got the plenty of hour or plenty of fluids thing covered. Seven hours of sleep a night, I think I get maybe around that. Um, and stress relief. So we talked earlier today, I'm on a big like cutting out anything from my life that is causing unnecessary stress at this point. Um, and then the last one is take a pre or probiotic. I don't do that. You should probably should. Do you, mm -hmm. do you really, mm -hmm. do you have one you like? I don't know. You, uh, so you don't No, I do. Oh, Jenny gives it to you. No. Uh, is it a chewable? Is it a Flintstone? <laughs> no, 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 no. I don't know. I, I don't remember exactly what it is to get from my chiropractor, Dr. Good. If you are in Wichita, you should look up Dr. Good. It's a great name. Um, but, um, when I first started getting onto like the vitamin trend, he was the one I talked to. So I get all my vitamins and stuff through him. Okay. Um, but I don't remember what it is. Cool. But it's a probiotic of sorts. There you go. Um, all right. So ocean geoengineering schemes aces its first field test. We're just going to go over what they were doing. There was a bay where the oysters, they were seeing serious drops in the, uh, quantity of oysters that they were ever able to harvest. They figured out that it was because there was, uh, the acidity in that bay had gone off. Right. So they decide to dump a bunch of acidifying agent into the ocean that allowed it to capture and convert more CO2 to calcium carbonate, uh, which sounds interesting. Calcium carbonate basically becomes like uh, it, like goes into the shells of clams, oysters, things like mm -hmm. that, and also is just kind of collected at the bottom of the ocean. Eventually, becomes sand, so really no big deal. But if we're talking about acidifying the ocean, I feel like that's a really big risk for your one little bay of oysters. Like maybe just go, okay, there's no more oysters in this bay. We'll go over here. <laughs> Not hey, let's change the acidity of the ocean because. If we've learned anything over the last like 50 years of doing things, it should be that anything you do, the environment's going to have unexpected results. Uh -huh. This is the exact thing that got Australia as bad as Australia is because they kept bringing in the next thing to kill what they brought in last time. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds a little risky. Right? Yeah. I feel like you, we should have gotten a vote on this. Like, <laughs> hey, I don't, I don't want you doing that. Like that ocean is the same ocean that comes, you know, not that I'm going near an ocean, but you know, same one that comes over in this area. Like Maybe not this area. So like kind of off topic, because my assumption would be that it could just, you do something in one part and it can bleed over into other areas because the whole, every, I mean, all it's the oceans all connected. are connected. Yep. But have you ever seen the pictures where like the Atlantic, the, the Pacific and like where they meet, uh -huh. like totally They're two don't, yeah. very different colors and the way it looks and whatnot. Is that real? Yeah. Really? Yeah, that's a different, uh, it's difference in salinity and something else that basically prevents them from uh, hmm. meshing. Now it's just right there where they initially meet. Further down, you know, those currents do occasionally or eventually cross. So it's not like, oh no, this is Pacific Ocean water. It would never be over in the Atlantic Ocean. So it, 
I mean, it's all. It's, so it still connected. is all connected. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the currents are really in absolutely incredible things. Like fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. Um, all right. Uh, Yinsect to add second U.S. facility. I'm really upset that Yinsect <laughs> has a first U.S. facility, but it says the new facility will expand the company's sustainable carbon negative production capabilities that convert Molitor and Buffalo mealworms into fertilizer for plants, oils for consumption by pets and livestock, and proteins for human. Oh, yeah. Let's just toss that last one in there. That should have been the first one they listed. <laughs> I was good with everything until we got to protein and for humans. And then say those other things it does. You're burying the lead there. Uh, mealworm protein is the only one in the world available on the market that can combine not only performance and health, but also natural origins and sustainability. Insect protein is more sustainable and will open a new mode of food development that is efficient, nutritious, and capable of positively impacting the food chain at multiple points. So is, is there, is, I don't know. Is there something to be concerned with at all on the whole insect thing? Because we ate, we ate our crickets on the last episode because mm-hmm. uh, we've talked about this some of the past. But like, is it just a thing where we're just not used to it? Because like in this this part of the world, beef, pork, chicken, that's what runs America. Right. Um, but you go to other parts of the world and uh, they're big on goats or big on sheep. Right. And so, but it, but you you set down a, a goat steak in front, in front of somebody here or a ribeye. And they're going to go, I, w- yeah, I want the ribeye. Yeah. I, I don't want to want that. But to someone else, they may go, well, I'm not going to eat a cow. What are you, what are you doing? You're Unless weird. you're talking about India where it's like a religious thing. I think yeah. if you gave anyone on the world a bite of not a lamb steak, but a goat steak and a bite of a properly cooked ribeye, they'd be like, yeah, I'm oh, that. No, 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 no. But no, before they get to taste it, you just say, what do you want? Do you want this or this? They don't even necessarily, just, just by hearing it. Because people, when they first hear like insects and it's protein for humans, people go, no, I don't, not. I don't want to eat right? insect protein. But is that just a, a bias we have because we think of insects as gross and we're not used to eating it, but is it really just totally fine? Who got to you? I'm just asking the question. Somebody from the government giving you money to try to do this to me? Uh, I'm going to partly do it because I know it's going (laughs) to, I know it's going to, yeah, it's going to bother you a little bit, but. No, no, no. Um, Yeah. No, I'm not eating bugs. I'm not. Have you heard the uh, live in the pod, eat the bugs. You'll own nothing and be happy. No. Okay. So that you'll own nothing and be happy was a, was is a big push and then they have this like meme that they say live in the pod eat the bugs like they want you living in a small thing and eating you know this let's just be honest there's no way you're making insects into some delicious thing that i want to eat it is not going to be ever as good as the food i already eat i'm not going to do that so instead i'm going to keep buying more guns ammo gold (laughs) land and live happily for the rest of my life it, this whole thing is driving me, driving me nuts, man. Yeah. Drive me nuts, Austin. But so, so to, yeah, poke a little harder, is it necessarily, is it necessarily bad or is it just not something that is your first choice? No, I think it's, yes. If, if I was stuck on a deserted Island and the only thing to eat were those crickets you brought in the other day, I'd eat enough to stay alive but I wouldn't enjoy it at all. Eating is a 
not a primary, but eating is a, uh, a part of life that I enjoy a lot. Brings me a lot of joy. I'm not willing to get that, get rid of that for any reason. They could tell me if you stop eating and only eat this like substitute that has no taste, no texture, no nothing, you're going to live for another hundred years. I go, yeah, no, thanks. <laughs> I'm just going to keep eating my meat and yeah. I'll be happy. True. So, um, and then last one is the Finnish government just developed sustainable, scalable, vegan solution to animal meat. Look at the picture for it. Go down. Keep going. Where is it? Why is it not on your thing? There it is. That looks like every other substitute meat ever, right? Mm -hmm. It says, well, we need nutritional and healthy foods that are indistinguishable from animal-based protein in every way that allows people to enjoy the experience that they eat of meat without guilt. Um, no, that doesn't <laughs> look like anything like meat. Well, the the biggest issue there, though, is without guilt. I already don't have guilt, Wait, so, have so we're good. Go, Sorry, we're what good. is he talking about? <laughs> Like, I have no guilt when eating meat, but this looks like every other plant-based meat. Yeah. This, I, to be honest, yeah, the whole guilt thing, I'm going to kind of hyper-focus on that. It goes to what I was saying earlier. Of, like, even if, even if something becomes equal with the meat industry as it exists now, like, I'm still going to favor the meat industry now because it's going to support local farmers, local ranchers, local population centers, um, local businesses for meat processing and the stuff that goes into it, i.e. us. Yeah. Like, it's going to support more families, more, uh, more of the generic population. Anything that's like this, it's all, at least from the start for years, it's all going to be done by, by a large corporation somewhere. And you're going to kill all the small businesses that are currently supporting the farming and yep. ranching operations and, and meat and food industry in, in America. So it, it has to be, in my opinion, it not only has to be equal, it has to be substantially better. better. Yep. Unless it's something that is going to totally replace and give everyone in that industry as good of a job and a life and situation as before. And yeah. I don't think it will. Did you read uh, Brave New World? No. Did you have to read that? No. They, in it, they talk about, I'm pretty sure it's Brave New World. I don't think it was 451. Yeah, it's Brave New World. I have to reread those. Sorry. Um, they talk about how, like, having any, like, real actual food, like butter, was an unbelievable luxury. And everything else is, like, processed, like, fake created stuff. I think that's the world they're trying to create. I think they want like, you know, their party members or whatever members to have access to stuff, but for everyone else just to take whatever they'll give them. Yeah. I wouldn't disagree. Revolution. <laughs> All right, guys, that was it. Um, we've got some sales going on right now. Uh, we released our video yesterday when you see this. Um, at the end of it, we had a coupon code for 10% off anything that was not on sale through the month and maybe a time or two on this podcast, we'll be releasing other special coupon codes that will, um, allow you to use another coupon code if you want to make more than one order a month. Sorry, I got distracted because you didn't finish yours. No, I'm Did trying you? not to totally ruin my dinner. Hmm. Okay. All right. That's fair. Yeah. How often do you not eat much when you get home from a podcast? Oh, I don't know. I mean, most times I've had enough that I'm not going to eat as much as I normally do. Yeah. 
most of the, most Wednesdays when we eat something substantial, I go home and I'm just like, I'm going to have a protein shake or something. Tonight, I'm probably going to go run six miles, so it begins. No, oh. <laughs> I was like, what? What is going on? The weight loss challenge. Yes. Great. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks for checking out the Meat Logistics Podcast. To shop everything but the meat, head on over to Waltons.com. To get your meat processing questions answered by experts and enthusiasts alike, head on over to our online community at MeatGistics.com. Waltons, everything but the meat.